welcome to episode number seven of Tunes Made. I'm Mark. I'm Ray. And this week, I had an opportunity to sit down with a guitarist of a local band, and it's called Jurassic Punk. What's cool is, I found it fascinating, Ray. I was interviewing Mike Layton, and he started talking about how he learned how to play guitar. And he is the lead guitarist. I mean, this is his band. He put the whole thing together. He mm-hmm. tours around locally, and he basically said he learned from playing Guitar Hero. He started wow. playing about seven years ago and wow. just had this inspiration to actually go pick up a real guitar, and that was it. What about you? I mean, how did you start playing? Because you play piano, right? Yeah. What was well, What was your whole inspiration around that? You know, it's funny. I, I always wanted to play guitar, so I grew up. I played in band in school mm-hmm. and I started on the flute and then went to the complete opposite of the, the spectrum and, and took up the tuba. I was in like in seventh grade and band instructor was like, anybody want to learn how to play the tuba? And I said, okay. And so then I ended up becoming a tuba player, which led me to play bass guitar. So, cause that was a natural transition. Because, you know, it's the same part, basically. When you play the tuba and marching band, you're basically playing the bass line for the song. And also because my dad played guitar, and he had a 12-string acoustic that he played all the time. And I always wanted to play guitar, but I would try. I'd try to do, he'd do bar, he'd do bar chords, and I, he showed me, like, six fundamental chords, like D and C and G and stuff. And I would try and try. I had I did not have the patience for it. And it, it used to frustrate me because in high school, I tried to, a buddy and I, we kind of had these dreams of starting a band and we'd go out to his house and hang out in his basement and he'd play guitar and I'd bring my keyboard and he like, he had, didn't ever play guitar, picked up a guitar and like three days later was doing bar chords like it was like natural to him. And I was like, you suck, man. You know, like I never had the patience for it. So then I took up uh, piano because that just was more my speed. And I actually... I mean, I had a little bit of music theory background from band and, you know, I knew how to do treble clef and bass clef and I knew, you know, the notes and everything. And, and so when I figured out what note was what on the piano, I actually started really kind of working with the piano by taking those chords my dad had showed me. So I remember D, G and C, which if you know C, D and G and F, you basically can do any pop, um, you know, 90% of all pop songs. So I took the chords, so there's six strings on a guitar, and I figured out what note was on each of the six strings. So it'd be a C on this string and a G on this one and a, you know, whatever, D on this one, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And I would play that. So I, I, I basically mapped that out on the key, the piano, and I'd play a six-note chord and say, oh, look, I'm playing the guitar chord on the piano. And so I did that with these few guitar chords that I knew, and that's what got the ball rolling for me to play piano. And then from there, I just I learned standard one, three, five progression chords, and and learning how to throw in the the second and the sixth, and got some songbooks of you know like uh, Richard Mark songs and other stuff, and and you know learned how to kind of play like okay, here's what the, how this song goes. And that was back when you know right here waiting, like you know tons of high school boys were learning how to play right here waiting, and you know and I was one of them and. And then um, that's how I really kind of built myself as a piano player. What about you? Similar, but not really. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I did want to be a guitar player though, but I was a huge fan of Kiss growing up, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to be Ace Frehley. Well, yeah. the, the challenge was there were five of us, and there was only four members in Kiss. So yeah. one of the older kids was Ace Frehley, and then everyone else. You know, we had the Gene Simmons and the Peter Chris and you know Paul Stanley. So I ended up being the manager. The guy that would like the hottest band in the world, Kiss, we'd put on these fake Kiss concerts in my buddy's basement and charge like five cents or ten cents to come down. I'd be the guy that would drop the needle on the Kiss record, flash the lights <laughs> off and on, and then introduce them. And and I was like, Oh, I guess I'm never gonna be a guitar player, that's gonna happen. And one Christmas, my aunt had an old one of those organs in the basement, you know, you plug in the wall and it's like really, and I just started playing it. I just sat down one day and I just started playing a song. I don't know where it came from. And my mom bought me a Casio keyboard just a couple months later, started playing that. And it just, I took three months of lessons, but I wanted to play Van Halen. I wanted to play jump and all that stuff. And they were trying to teach me Mary had a little lamb. And I'm like, I don't have the patience for this. (laughs) So I just, taught myself and it's the same way to hear you know i just hear songs i'll go over and just kind of noodle around and it was just kind of a you know figure it out yourself kind of thing and it was fun but was interesting those three months very similar to your dad where i learned those basic chords you know Mm -hmm. even though it was just three months of lessons i learned all those chords so i can actually can look at sheet music and go okay that's an e that's an f and -hmm. i know those things and then i just figured out everything else from there and started playing along so it's just something that I'm always, when I see a piano or a keyboard, I want to play it. It's just mm-hmm. it's just something that I'm drawn to. And that's what I found interesting about talking with Mike Layton was that once he started playing, he figured out, I think it was a Metallica song on a acoustic guitar, and then it just led him to everything else. And I think that's what it takes is you get bit by that music bug. Next thing you know, everything that you do, you start thinking about it, especially if you really enjoy. And what he said, which was reminiscent of talking with the drummer from Weird Al and other musicians is it's all about fun. You have fun playing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why everyone does it is you really, it's enjoyable. So it just, it seemed like the common theme. That's what we'll do. We'll, we'll talk to Mike Layton. We'll hear what he has to say about it. And we will uh, circle back with you here on tunes, mate. All right. Welcome to, Tunesmate, and today I am joined with the guitarist from Jurassic Punk, Mr. Mike Layton. How's it going, everybody? Hey, Mike. Hey, I know we've got a long history, but one of the things that always amazed me about you and how you got into playing guitar, now please tell me if this is, I'm totally off, was it Guitar Hero? Yeah. Tell me the story about that, because that to me is just an amazing thing. Yeah, it was uh, it was Guitar Hero three to be exact. It was when I was in college, and I think I was probably only like twenty, twenty one years old, something like that. So it was probably like junior, senior year. And my roommate's girlfriend at the time had brought over Guitar Hero or whatever, and we were playing it and getting into it. And you know, as I got pretty good at it, I was like, man, I could I could probably do this on like a real guitar or whatever. And so I grabbed our buddy who you know, Pat Lansky. I grabbed his sister's acoustic guitar that she didn't use anymore, and I just I, I figured like, hey, if I can learn Metallica, Seek and Destroy on this acoustic guitar, 
then I could probably learn anything. So that's that's the first song I started learning. And, you know, once I got, you know, everything down, then I went out and bought a cheap $100 used guitar and uh, the rest was history. So, yeah, it was it was Guitar Hero that, that got me my, uh, my start. <laughs> now, that's amazing to me because most people, if you interview them or you talk to them about music, they're like, oh, I got piano lessons when I was seven and... And then eventually, you know, I wanted to play rock music, so I went over to guitar or, you know, there's some kind of evolution. But it's like, no, I started with video games <laughs> that yeah. I went down and I built this thing. You know, part of it, I think, is like my parents aren't musicians and, I, you know, I don't have any siblings. So it was kind of it never was a, I was never really around it. Like my buddy growing up played drums and piano and guitar and everything, like keys. He played everything. But I just never sat down and had time to learn anything so i think because i wasn't around it i just never picked it up and then once i started playing you know guitar here or whatever yeah. i was i knew that i had the mind muscle kind of connection there that i was like oh i could probably i could probably do this on a real one so you just practice 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 and slowly it just becomes muscle memory and you, you learn it so so for all those people out there like oh, i don't know if i can get into music listen to mike layton yeah, you, it's, it, it's never too late. I mean, I wish, you know, now knowing what I know now, I wish I had started when I was younger because I'd be, you know, so much further along than I am. But, I, you know, I started when I was 21, so I've only been playing for 10, 11 years now. Yeah, so what um, are you doing now? So you've got you got a couple bands and, like, what what's kind of, what's driving you with music? Yeah, so, I mean, I started just in a, in a cover band. So, like, that year that I learned guitar, a uh, buddy of mine from back home, you know, was like, hey, we need a guitarist for our cover band or whatever. And so I was like, well, I'm still kind of new, but this will kind of force me to learn all these songs or whatever. So I had to learn, you know, like 20 songs in a couple months or whatever. And so that really, you know, helped me learn very quickly. But yeah, so I started just doing like cover band stuff for the longest mm -hmm. time. And then just within the past... I don't know, three years maybe. I uh, I'm in a uh, an original punk band called Violet Ray. So that was like kind of my first for you know my first time in a an original music. Everything else had just been here's a song, learn these chords, go play it live. You know, so doing yeah. you know original stuff and doing cover stuff it kind of keeps your mind going. So yeah, so I'm doing the Jurassic Bunk cover band. We also split off into. Uh, an acoustic trio so it's just me the singer and the keyboard player so you know we can play a lot smaller venues patios that kind of thing during the summer and then the original band violet ray so between the three of those and sports and all all sorts of stuff during the summer i'm, I'm pretty a pretty busy guy but i'd rather have that than just you know <laughs> sitting around so yeah and you've been doing something new too where i've recently been kind of watching some of your photos and some of the things you're doing. You've been going backstage. You've been helping bands out. So tell me about that, too. Yeah, so I started working for this company uh, in downtown Cleveland called Woodshed Stage Art. And basically, we do design, print, production for, like, touring bands. You know, we do everything from, you know, cover bands, you know, just five guys getting together in a basement that need a drum head all the way up to some really high end clients, you know, doing their full types of production or whatever. So that's kind of a whole new world to me because I've only been doing that for like maybe the past year and a half. But it's crazy to see tour managers and everything in its right place. And, you know, 
I got to bring in my drums, but I need a union guy to put them on the stage before I can, you know, mess with them. It, like there's, it's so crazy to me how much work goes into a tour or goes into a, you know, production night after night. Cause when we go backstage or we, you know, get to see the whole setup and everything, it's, it's pretty mind blowing to, to see what all, I mean, you know, as a musician, kind of what goes into it, but then once you see it, you're like, man, there's way more stuff that goes into this than uh, a musician, let alone uh, a normal, you know, fan or regular person would, would see. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Cause I was thinking about it. It's, it's like you started from Guitar Hero, you started your own cover right. band, then you moved into original band. Now you're actually seeing the complexity of a full tour and how that all goes right. together. So you've really been able to start seeing the complete picture. Like what thing drives you to continually play music and, and do this? I think part of it is just doing stuff. I'm always the guy who like tries to do something new, tries to push the envelope, tries to mm-hmm. keep doing something. And I always have the reputation of going, you know, above and beyond all the time. So even just with like the cover band, we started using in-ears. None of us had ever used in-ears before, but it was like, hey, people are doing this. It's new technology. Like, let's see if we can do it. So I went out and did all the research, you know, and figured out how we could do it and how we could bring it from venue to venue and make sure that, you know, everybody's in-ears were the, the right way and everything. So mm-hmm. it was just simple stuff like that, but always trying to move forward and keep keep progressing and not just staying, you know, stagnant and kind of, you know, phoning it in, as I always say. So I think technology in music is still evolving at a rapid pace now with people playing to clicks all the time and people you know having their light show designed around their set and everything happens at specific times and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's crazy how much technology now goes into music when you go to actually like a full show you know like what has been one of the I guess eye-opening moments as a live performer. I mean, you're you're out there, like you say, you're pushing the envelope. But has something like totally changed the way you do something on stage? Yeah, I guess just seeing what other people are doing. I always try to go out to you know like live shows, and even before going to like the really big uh, big names like production type of stuff. Even just here locally, there's so many bands that have their own gear and do their own thing. You know, like. I remember the first time I saw Tricky Dick, who's like a local cover band around here, and they they had a full light show. They had stuff set. The drummer was hitting a, it was a rolling pad or whatever to do different sounds and to trigger lights and stuff like that. And I was like, man, that is like super cool. So I mean, just seeing just seeing what everybody else is doing and trying to do not copy it but try to do it better or do it in your own way that fits your band or whatever yeah just trying to trying to do your own thing but keep like i said keep moving forward don't just yeah we got these lights we bring them to every gig we just set it up and play leonard skinner all night i don't know free bird man free bird right. yeah but it, it sets kind of what you said in the beginning which was you're constantly trying to improve so if you're watching someone else's show you're kind of like oh that's pretty cool. Maybe I can incorporate that to mine. What are some of the musicians that you also are trying to emulate or that you think help build your own style? Yeah. So I was going to say that, like, not only are 
you seeing other bands do what they do. But yeah, I'm totally influenced by obviously Zach Wilde. He's like my favorite. Just listening to him for so long, I pick up licks, I pick up, you know, his pinch harmonics, some of the ways that he fills out a band just being a one guitar band. I've noticed doing just like little triplet type things or little bends to fill out our band because we only have one guitar player too. So he's probably my biggest one. I do a lot of Doyle from the Misfits. I do a lot of his playing style too, I've noticed. Huh. And I mean, I started listening to Misfits when I was like super young. So I, I've noticed that I, I do a lot of his types of like slides and pick scrapes and stuff like that. Another one would probably be like Tom Morello, just seeing how how he creates stuff with pedals. Like, cause I don't, you know, my pedal board isn't really anything crazy, but just knowing how to do stuff with what you have and make it sound different, make it sound unique. You know, I'd say those are probably the top three guys that, yeah. I guess incorporate a lot of my playing style, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. It is interesting how when I hear you play, I can hear those artists. And maybe that's just me because I like music, but it is also cool to see some of your own style kind of come out when you're combining all these things. And I think there is something to that. I mean, the synthesis of taking people's sounds, I mean, that's how things have evolved over all the years. You said you started playing with the original band. Have you started tinkering around with coming up with any of your own original music yeah i mean so so with that band most of my contributions are more the lead type stuff so mm -hmm. we'll have a basic rhythm and even with that basic rhythm i can still fudge some stuff like oh you know i think we should do some palm muting here or i'll throw a lead over this or whatever so mm -hmm. i mean doing that i think has really helped me learn a lot of lead parts you know, because you can hear them and you can replay them when you're doing cover stuff, but to actually like hear a song how it is and hey, th we, this needs a lead here. How would all right? How would Zach or how would Tom if they were on this track? What would their lead lick be or whatever? So that's mm -hmm. kind of what what I try to start it as, and then it kind of just morphs into somewhere between Tom Morello, Zach Wilde, and Mike Layton, and that's what it comes out as. You know? That's pretty cool. You recently also recorded some tracks. You went into the studio. What was it like recording in a studio? Because that was your first time, right? I had, uh, well, in an actual like studio studio probably, we recorded the first Violet Ray uh, album down here in my basement. So that was kind of my first, I guess, recording to you know a track and a click and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, with uh, Jurassic Punk, we recorded like a full cover song, Paparazzi by Lady Gaga. And that was the first time I was like actually like in a studio, in a studio, laying down everything. And that was kind of an eye-opening experience too, because you think, all right, I'm just going to go in there, lay down a track, and it is what it is. But when you break down every instrument, every part, every lick that has to be perfect throughout the whole song, it's it's way more of a time-consuming process than I thought it would be. Yeah, uh, especially with a full band, it's not just singer-songwriter type stuff. Yeah, because like nowadays you see all these interviews. Oh, we did in Pro Tools, and Johnny's in Seattle, and I'm in LA, and we're trading tracks back and forth. But your approach was very traditional. Let's get everybody in a room. Yeah. Let's let's do this. Yeah, I mean, I can see how you could do it across the country across the world or whatever and it would be easy i mean that would probably take obviously more time because all right i'm gonna lay something down tonight i'll send it to you you'll listen to it tomorrow lay something out like 
I, I understand that would be a real lengthy process. But yeah, even even having everybody in the same room in the same studio, it still just took time getting everybody's stuff, you know, exactly perfect. So yeah. I guess that would probably be the biggest thing. Biggest thing takeaway from me was. Mm-hmm the length of time that actually goes into, and that's just one song, you know, and that wasn't even, we weren't even around for the guy mastering it or, you know, adding his own stuff to it. We were just there for the actual physical recording of it. And then did you use it as a demo or what was the kind of the purpose of it? Yeah. So actually how we, how we got into it, a lot of the band is from school of rock, all the school of rocks around here. And so one of their students was going through a, a school program where they had to record a live band in the studio. And so they they picked us because they know the rest of the band or whatever. And so that's kind of how we got into it. And being a cover band, it's not something we would you know normally go through. So I think it was it was cool for the person doing it because they kind of they needed a band. But then I think it was cool for all of us because a lot of us that was our first time in a studio doing a recording because being in a cover band, you just don't. It's not something you normally do, you know. So. Yeah, I think it was it was a win win for all of us, and yeah, we have it as like yeah. a little demo on our on our website and something that we can send out to bars. Like, hey, here's kind of who we are, so they can kind of get a feel for the band. So, hey, since we're yeah. here, what what is your website address? Uh, JurassicPunkBand.com. So there's some demos up there. You can see when we're playing next. You can see our song list. See our merch, all that, all that good stuff. Yeah. Now, so if you look at the current kind of model of the music business, you've got a tour. People aren't making money off right, exactly. sales anymore. Is yep. I'd imagine that falls right in line with what you're doing. You're you're doing a lot of shows. Yeah, we try to play at least I'd say once a month, and then you know as the acoustic thing goes, you know that could be once a month too. It, it all depends. And then usually the original band is maybe once a quarter, something like that. The, the original band you don't play out as much, but yeah. And it, I mean, any, any band, especially like you said, nowadays is that's where they're making all their money is doing live shows. And it's the same thing with cover bands, tribute bands, anything like that. You're not making money doing any music because it's not yours. You know, you're not going in there recording or anything. So in order to make money, you got to go out and play bars or, the biggest thing would be, you know, if you can play a bar on a Friday night and then if you have a wedding or a corporate event or something on Saturday or vice versa, that's where you'd make, you know, your bread and butter. So I know I know there's bands around here that they're booked Friday, Saturday, sometimes Thursday, Friday, Saturday for, you know, the rest of the year. And that's that's how they make their living is playing three, you know, three nights a week or two nights a week, playing it out every night. You know? <laughs> One more time. Scared, right. man. So, um, from your perspective, though, like how how often are you playing? I mean, are you? I mean, is that guitar always around your neck? Yeah, I mean, mostly we only play on a Friday or Saturday night, but we're jamming the with the cover band. We're jamming at least twice a week, and then you know with the Violet Ray stuff, that's another practice a night a week. So, I mean, and then there's just when I'm at home, I've got guitars upstairs. I got a guitar in every room upstairs down here. So, yeah, I mean. I'm normally fiddling or doing something anytime I'm just kind of sitting there, you know? You're living the lifestyle. Yeah, but (laughs) as far as playing out, it's usually just a Friday or Saturday. Sometimes both, but mostly once a Friday or Saturday every weekend Mm -hmm. or whatever, so... At Tunes Made, our blog and our, our podcast is all about exposing people to new music, stuff they haven't heard before, 
and trying to get them inspired because we tend, there's a lot of studies out there that say like once you hit a certain age, you listen to the same music all the time. You know, there's you could see on Spotify that people's lists just kind of flatten out and they're not adding anything new. Is there anything new that you've been listening to that has been inspiring you or do you kind of go back to the classics and you're like, yeah, man, I'm going to crank out. I'm going to get some, you know, I'm going to play stillborn or, or something, you know, out of the Zach wild catalog. I have to say back in the day it was, yeah, you were kind of just playing what you knew, playing the classic stuff that you liked. But I mean, nowadays being doing what Jurassic punk does we're always searching for what's the next song that's going to hit. If we hear something on 96.5 on Monday, we'll come to practice, you know, the two times that week and try to play it that weekend because we want to be on the cutting edge. We want to be, hey, this song just hit, let's play it out live, you know, so we'll learn it quick and try to get out there. So it definitely has me listening to more, more like new right now stuff. And it also has me listening to stuff that I never, I would never have 96.5 on (laughs) listening to it to hear what is coming up next you know if i wasn't in this band so like it might not be music that i necessarily like but yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we get downstairs and we we play it how we play it then i'm like all right I, I like this version of it you know so it's like yeah it's a cover but we also try to make it our own cover so there is some liberties or original type stuff that goes into it you're just using the framework and the lyrics that you know whatever the artist is that they provided yeah and when you like jurassic punk size it or you know make it your own is it sped up what's kind of the the typical you take a pop song and then you play it out live like is there a formula to it for the most part there kind of is i mean every song is different so there's some songs where it's like yeah we need to play this faster or there's other ones where if you play it faster, you lose kind of the groove. So it's like you have to play it how they do it. You can just, you know, you can just keep the distortion going, but just play it at the same speed that they're playing it at or whatever. So you don't lose that groove. I'm trying to think of a specific song that was like that, that we didn't really, we couldn't speed up. But, you know, for the most part, my formula always is, is just palm mute. You know, palm mute the verses, open up on the choruses, add in a solo, and that's kind of the the Jurassic Punkify mm-hmm. version. You know, I, I always, whenever I hear a song, I try to think to myself, like, all right, how would the Ramones or Green Day, if they were covering this, how would they do it? And that's kind of what I what I try to do. So. That's, that's pretty cool. It yeah. is cool to see your band do that live, and I encourage everybody if. You know, support your local musicians because it's great that you've got all these big time acts that are touring everywhere, but everyone's got to start somewhere and it's fun going out seeing your band. I mean, I remember when you were doing Eddie Money, <laughs> Take Me Home Tonight and, and stuff like that. I know you do a version of Toxic. Mm-hmm. So you, you're taking all these songs that you know and love and you sing along, and that's really what makes a good bar band. Have You said you go out and you see a lot of different bar bands, but is has there been one thing that you've seen out live you're like, I'm not doing that? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of bar bands that are, I always use the term vanilla because it's, 
they play they play everything exactly how it is on the track or the album or whatever you know to a normal person who's there having fun or whatever they probably don't care but as a musician you already go in listening to how everybody's playing like you're you just overanalyze everything just being a musician but there's a lot of bands who i just i hear how they play it and i just in my head i'm like i would never play it like that (laughs) almost like i don't want to say like they're selling out but it's like to me that would be like a sellout if i just did like how they played it if if i did it like that i'd feel bad for myself like dude you're just phoning it in like make it your own do your own thing tighten it up put on some you know put some distortion on there let's go put some fast drums behind it i wouldn't say there's ever like a song i wouldn't do or an artist or whatever but there are some things that i've seen live that i'm just like ah I, I wouldn't do that, but for, I'm sure there's people that see us play and say the same thing. So it's, it's all in the eye of the beholder, you know? Now I've, I've asked a few musicians this question and every time I ask them this, they generally give me the answer of, well, there's been many, but has there ever been a craziest moment on stage that you would be willing to share that, <laughs> kind of changed changed how you approach being on stage has anyone come up and unplugged your guitar cord or you know <laughs> knocked you over or anything like that i mean back uh, back in the day this is even before i even had like a pedal board there was some guy who like was drunk and dancing around and ended up like tripping or uh, hitting, hitting my pedals that were just kind of on the floor and I remember thinking to myself, like, if this dude comes back over here again, like, I'm going to just whack him with the headstock of the guitar or whatever. But, I mean, that was my own fault for not having a, a, an actual professional pedal board. That's so that true. had to have been pretty early on in, in my career playing. But, no, I mean, as far as, like, crazy on stage stuff, probably the only thing would be, like, making sure your drummer's hydrated because there was one gig where our drummer was just dying back there behind the drums and, after we got done with a, a set or something, I'm unplugging my guitar and I go to look back and he's just passed out behind the drum kit from not having enough water or something like that. But I guess I've been pretty lucky that there hasn't been like anything too crazy happen on stage with me. Nothing nothing too crazy, you know? Yeah, so it sounds like you've definitely had some, some crazy moments. Before we close out, a couple things. Number one is, do you have on stage playing top three songs that you look forward to playing live on stage uh one would definitely be i think my my top one would probably be poker face which actually is probably like a little weird for for a lot of people to hear but that one i really like the way we play it and all the little harmonies and singing spots and that's probably my favorite one that we play out Mm mm-hmm Probably my other one is Fight for Your Right, just because that, everyone knows it, everyone loves to sing it, like people get into that song, so probably that one, and then uh, probably all the small things, because it's a punk song and it's our last one of the night, which means that we're all done with the show, so (laughs) I know when when we start playing that song that it's almost time to go home. Nice. Those are probably my three favorites. Well, if you're looking for a band to see and you're in the northeastern Ohio area, you got to go check out Jurassic Punk. 
I know this is not going to be the last time we talk to Mike Layton on Tunes, mate. So <laughs> we'll have to bring you back, continue conversations. There's many other questions I wanted to ask you about. I had some questions about people trying to get into the music industry and things like that. I think you answered some questions around, hey, I can I can start anytime. So I think there's many more things we can talk about. Mike, yeah, thanks for, for sure. joining us on Tunes, mate. No problem. Thank you. Next time, I'm going to have you jam out as well. Maybe do some uh, some Zach Wild sounds or something, all right? That can be arranged. <laughs> all right. Until next time, see ya. See ya.